say this again for the audience who may be able to hear me this time if you if you get stressed out and if you get anxious over things you can't control uh, you know you can be anxious and angry all day long because there's a lot of things in the world that are beyond your control a lot of things that happen that we don't necessarily like yeah but here in Arizona we've been focusing our energy our efforts on putting pressure on the uh, our elected leaders in, in the state Senate to audit the vote. And that's happening. Uh, I listened to an interview with Karen Fan. She's the president of the Senate. And they are moving forward with an audit of the vote in Maricopa County. More than 2 million votes are going to be audited. And they're working on getting together uh, the team and the people necessary, the experts, to audit the local vote. That is something we can do as... Um, as people that, that is actually in our control, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are responsible to hold our our local legislators accountable. If something doesn't go right, something you know happens that we believe is fraudulent. Uh, one of the things you can do at the local level is you can put pressure on your people, your elected leaders, to to change that. That is something you can change, and we are doing that. We're changing that in Arizona. Mm-hmm. If you live in an area where there are uh, you know, voting irregularities, where there's been you know, voter fraud, you need to put pressure on your local people. Uh, you know, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors is under a lot of pressure right now. Yeah. Because the judge um, gave the authority for the audit of the vote. <laughs> and we're, recall- we're probably gonna end up recalling a lot of the Board of Supervisors. We're gonna get rid of them. We may end up recalling our governor. Those are things that you can control. You can go out, sign the petitions for recall, and you know get on your um, get on a local on a local board, uh, get involved, be a part of the process. Those are things that are within our control. It's it's kind of pointless to you know scream and rant and get angry over things that you can't control. Yeah, uh, I, I can't control how Joe Biden is going to respond to China, yeah. and you know threats in the South China Sea, you know military action. I have no ability to control any of that. I can pray about it, and I can ask God to, to uh, intervene and step in, but I can't control those situations. I can control, to some degree, I have some control over things happening locally. And, and I think that's where we need to be focusing our energy. Um, you know, it, it, it just, if you want to change the world, you have to, you have to um, work at the local level. And then as, as you're successful on a local level, then take it up to the next level. Uh, if you're able to put together a group of people who can affect things on the national level, you should be doing that. A lot of my friends are working with the Amistad Project, and uh, Amistad Project has done a lot of really good work. Um, they're continuing to do good work. They're, uh, they're doing a lot of important work on the national level, and I have a bunch of friends who are involved with them 
they have weekly phone calls where they get together and they talk and discuss and strategize what they're going to do to help uh, you know, address these uh, issues of election fraud. Those are positive things people can do. And I think if you're you know, angry and upset, focus your energy in a positive direction. Do, mm. do Get involved in something that is actually going to change the way things work in this country. Yeah. Now, do you think we can have any kind of fair elections to get these people in, though? I think I think Sidney Powell is correct. <laughs> I listened to an interview with her a couple days ago, and she said we should not have another election uh, that uses these Dominion or uh, any of the other electronic voting machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been proven fraudulent. She's she's right. She said any any vote. Uh, that goes into an electronic machine can be manipulated. If there's if there's an electronic machine, there is software that runs it. The software can be hacked. People can control it. Um, you can do. They can create fractionalized voting where a vote for Trump is three quarters of a vote, and a vote for Biden is one and a quarter votes. Um, that is just not the way it's supposed to be done. I yeah. think I think Sidney Powell is right. I think the people should refuse to participate in any election that is done on using electronic machines. Mm-hmm. I think all the machines need to be taken out. I think from this point forward, I think all voting should be done on paper ballots. You should have bring in a state ID card. If you're going to vote, if you don't have one, you don't vote. Uh, I, I think we need to put pressure on our state legislators, who are the ones who have the, they're the only ones responsible for establishing election law. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, I, I, I don't have any faith in electronic elections. I've, I've seen too much. <laughs> it's, it's pretty obvious that the, the corruptocrats uh, in Washington and in our state capitals have figured out that they can keep themselves in power if they use rigged electronic voting. And we need to get rid of that system and go back to paper ballots. So you think this stuff is going to keep coming to light about these machines and like the stuff Mike Lindell put out and what Sydney's doing? Yeah, it's, and... it's, this is not over. Yeah. You got Sydney, you've got Mike Lindell. A lot more people are going to come out with information about electronic voting. This is not going away. As much as the uh, you know Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris and uh, Joe Biden, and even even a lot of our Republican uh, senators and congressmen would like us to just get past this 2020 election and let's just move on and let's try to win it again in 2022 on on these rigged voting machines. It ain't happening. Uh, The people who were awakened to the realities of election fraud are not going to have it. Yeah. Um, it's we're not going to go back. I think more information is coming out. People are not going to forget it. And I think at some point when that when the critical mass wakes up and they are aware of what's they become aware of that of how rigged this system is. Um, there it's we're not going back. <laughs> we're moving forward, and the corrupt people in, in government may not like it, but. Uh, their their system of corruption has been exposed, and I don't think you know average people like us are going to allow it to continue. Uh, it's it's just going to get worse and worse. There's going to be more um, public outcry against these fraudulent elections. It's going to be untenable, and at some point, um, they're going to have to give in 
and admit that there was was fraud, has been fraud for a long time, and the fraudulent system needs to be removed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what do you, you talked about like the people waking up, um, you know, coming to this critical mass. Like, what? Okay. There's a lot of people that say that oh nobody's waking up. They're not. They're not gonna. If if they haven't woken up by now, they won't. But you really you you believe that more even more people are gonna wake up and start to realize this. I mean, I think personally, I think the Biden administration is doing a fabulous job of freaking red pilling people. So they are. Look how many people woke up during COVID. Mm-hmm. True. Millions. Yeah. Tens of millions of people. Well, we were busier than ever, man. Dude, if you if you've been on Twitter. Or, or any social media, you can just see all of these people who came out and said, you know what, I was completely blind to what these corrupt politicians were doing, but COVID woke me the hell up. I realized that we were scammed. Yeah. They used this, uh, you know, so-called pandemic as a way to rig the election to control us, to force their agenda, force the vaccines, force this, force that, close schools, uh, create this big propaganda narrative. Uh, millions of people woke up during COVID. Yep. And, you know, for, for people who say, no one's waking up, nothing's changing. I hear it every day. And I'm like, what world are you living in? How do you not look at COVID and see tens of millions of people who all of a sudden realized, hey, you know what? The emperor doesn't have any clothes. Like, this whole thing is <laughs> naked. And the further Biden and and Obama and John Kerry push this agenda, the more people are going to wake up because they're going to continue to do these stupid things that uh, rational people are going to see. Oh, you know, even even if you did not wake up during COVID, all right, um, there is going to come a point where uh, the where the, the Biden administration is mm-hmm. going to do something stupid, equally as stupid as COVID, that because they have they have an agenda that they're trying to run. Yeah. And if and if you look at the long term, that, that's the problem with a lot of people is they don't look at things on a big picture. They they're always looking at the small picture. Well, I I'm looking at what I see today in the news, and I don't see anything you know changing based on what I see in the news. Okay, we'll look at the big picture. Mm-hmm. Over the course of the last 100 years, uh, the the globalists and the cabal of people who have been running this show have been trying to implement a, a socialist agenda on America. And they've been doing it incrementally. They've been trying to bring it in through higher education, bring it in through elementary education. They've been trying to bring it in through our media. They've been slowly um, trying to brainwash us into thinking that socialism is the way to go. Mm -hmm. And and, And they have been doing this just over, like I said, over the last 100 years. Um, A little here, a little there. You know, bring in the the the, uh, the the New Deal in the 30s during the Depression, and you know, bring in Social Security, bring in uh, all these other things that make the, us dependent on the government for our provision and for our sustenance. Mm-hmm. And socialism is a, is a plan 
to take away uh, our independence and make us totally dependent on the state. And they've succeeded in large capacity in brainwashing people into thinking that socialism is the answer. That capitalism has failed. Socialism is the answer. We just need to accept it, right? Well, they've been trying to incrementally introduce this into society over the last hundred years. And Trump came along and exposed a lot of the weakness and flaws of socialism and showed what's possible with a strong capitalist uh, viewpoint, uh, creating more jobs, creating energy independence, um, allowing people to invest and decide where their money goes, cutting regular government regulations, cutting dependency on the government, and you know, spurring businesses to grow. One of the things about COVID was it was designed to destroy businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, COVID served a lot of purposes, but one of the purposes, it was designed to allow governors to intentionally destroy businesses, which would eventually make people more dependent on the state. Yeah. And Trump's agenda came in and strengthened businesses. Um, a lot of new businesses opened. And, and and so you have this this battle between the globalists who want to bring in socialism and people like Trump who want to want the world to see the values of capitalism. Well, Trump screwed up their plan to incrementally bring in socialism. And now these people are panicking and they're in a hurry to force all these globalist agendas down our throats. Yeah. They're in a panic to push socialism they're, they, because they know they have a very short time to do this. They know they don't have a lot of time. Remember in, in, the, in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, it says, Satan, uh, I saw Satan fall from, light, fall, uh, fall from heaven like lightning, came down to the earth. And in Revelation, it says that he, he has come down to earth and his time is short. Mm. Well, that, that's sort of like what we're looking at right now. Yeah. Um, the globalists know that they've lost, and they know that their time is short. Uh, if Project Looking Glass is legit, and if uh, Bill Wood's testimony is true, they've already seen the future. Yeah. And they know that they've lost, and they know that their time is short. So what we're seeing, if, if Project Looking Glass is legit, and if people have been able to see the future... They've already seen that they've lost the game. Mm-hmm. They've already seen the end. They know that they've lost. And it's like a chess game where, um, you know, two people are, two chess masters are looking at the chessboard, and one of them realizes, uh, uh-oh, I'm going to be in check in seven moves. <laughs> um, the people that are observing the chess match going on don't know that. They think the, the game is still in play, and each person, as they move, the, the, the audience thinks the game is still, um, uh, could be won by anyone. But the players know the game is over. And they continue moving their pieces, but the game is over. Yeah. Game, they, they'll move their piece, they move their piece here, this guy moves his piece. But the game was over uh, several moves ago. That, I think that's how we are uh, right now, looking at the situation. Um, I think that the globalists understand that they've lost. Too many people have have become awakened to the truth. 
in Europe, in Asia, in America. Yeah. Um, you have all these protests uh, of peaceful people who are sick of this globalist agenda. They're not having it. They had a span of time where they were pushing this you know, through the United Nations, through the European Union, and it is falling out of favor. People are waking up to the reality of what they're trying to do, mm -hmm. which was enslave us under a global government. People aren't going to have it. Now, that doesn't mean that the Rothschilds and George Soros aren't going to continue pushing that agenda and, and think that they can get voice this on us, but it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, they have lost the game. They pushed it too fast, too far, and that's what they're doing right now. You're going to watch Joe Biden. You know, why is he signing all these executive orders? Why is he yeah. undoing everything Trump did? Because yeah. Trump came in and screwed up their plan. Oh, yeah, he did. They're trying to remove all the changes that Trump made, but they're not going to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. um, even if they can do it administratively, they can't do it practically because too many people know the truth. Yeah. Too many people woke up, and, they're, and as they continue pushing this idiotic agenda of globalism, more and more people are going to see what they're doing. They're going to see, wait a minute, you want to enslave us all. You want to take away our land. You want to put us in these high-rise ghettos in the cities yeah. and own, own all the property and strip all the mineral rights and everything else and the food and box us in these little buildings where we can never leave, where we have a 500-foot perimeter from our house where we can you know, go out, we can go to the grocery store once or twice a week, and that's it. And we're living yeah. in a box for the rest of our life while you take all the money and control the entire population. I mean, that's the end game for them. And people are waking up. One of the things about COVID, in addition to everything else that COVID did, was it kind of woke people up to the fact that government really does want to restrict your freedom and where you can move. Yeah. And in Europe, uh, they locked people down in their houses and would not let them go more than like a quarter of a mile from their house. You were restricted to this perimeter. You could go to that grocery store, <clears throat> and that was it. If you didn't have a legitimate reason for being outside of your house, uh, you, weren't, you weren't going anywhere. You were locked in your house. And a lot of people have been forced to work from home. That's their long-term agenda. They want to have everyone in their houses, working at home, no freedom to go out in the country. You're not, not, you're not going to national parks. You're not going water skiing. You're staying at home. You're staying in your little cubicle. And you're going to work for us. And you can go up to the grocery store once a week, and that's it. Yeah. That's their that's their end game, and COVID kind of revealed a little bit of that end game to millions of people. Mm -hmm. People saw it, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not having this. Uh, this is not going to be the new norm." And they keep pushing this as the new norm. Yeah. Now, the reason why they're backing off is they're seeing all the resistance to it. They're, mm -hmm. they're realizing if we force this on people too quickly, they're going to reject it, and they're going to yeah. see what we're trying to do. And that's that's kind of what's happening. So again. You know, look at the big picture. Don't look at the small picture of what you're seeing on Fox News today and, and see that, oh, nothing's happening, nothing's changing. They're going to continue pushing these agendas. If you just look at the news headlines and if you just look at the executive orders, you're going to think that uh, the globalists are winning because they're pushing these issues. But in reality, the more they push it, the more people are waking up. And the more it's going to be rejected. And at some point, a whole bunch of people are going to push back and take back control of their government. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, now, you know, Joe said the other day, it was the last week, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, by 4th of July, maybe, 
Maybe, maybe we'll maybe. let you hang with your if family good, and friends. If we behave, maybe Joe will let us come out of our cubicles for for <laughs> one day and celebrate, and then go back in our cubicles. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and now there's like uh, there's gonna be guidelines coming out. You know, for those of for those of the people that got vaccinated. You know, now now vaccine is like you know like you shouldn't have to worry about anything. But now the vaccine is like oh yeah, well you're gonna have certain rules that you gotta follow and all this stuff. And it's just and and you know. What what about all these lines and lines of people we see of all these people getting the getting the shot, Dave? What, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, there, there are people out there that are that are buying it. I mean, it, I think it's dangerous. I, I'm afraid of these these vaccines, to be honest. But well, the you know again uh, depends on what your perspective is. Mm-hmm. This is all an issue of perspective. You can my look perspective at, is I'm not getting one. Yeah, you can look at you can look at it from the perspective of Oh, there's millions of people getting the vaccine, but that's not good. Or you can look at it from the perspective of there are millions of people who five years ago would have lined up to get vaccines who are now adamantly, vehemently against vaccines. True. Uh, They turned us all into anti-vaxxers. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but... I'm not getting the vaccine. I mean, yeah. I never really got vaccines. Um, uh, you know, the I know a lot of people as they get older in their 60s and 70s, they go in every year and get the flu vaccine. I never have. I haven't had the flu since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And But the thing is, even for people who are not anti-vaxxers, those people are not getting, a lot of them, millions of them, are not getting the vaccine this year because... They've seen how Bill Gates and all these other you know, corrupt people have been pushing this vaccine and shoving it down their throats. And now they're wondering, like, okay, why are they doing this, like, hard sell on everyone has to have this damn vaccine? Like, they've never done this before for any vaccine. Why now? Why are they pushing this thing? Red light goes off, and a lot of people are not getting the vaccines because they just think that something is weird, something weird is going on. Again... Yeah. There's, there's people waking up. Sure, there are millions of people who are going to get it. There are tens of millions of people who are not going to get it because it's more and more people waking up, seeing the truth, and they're not having it. You know, I mean, I don't watch a lot of TV, but like I talked about earlier, you know, on Saturdays, I like to watch World's Dumbest, and then I, I put on like some home improvement shows in the background. But one thing I noticed this weekend was like, was like all these pro-vaccine commercials and like, Oh, be ready. Have a plan when it's your turn. You know, go out and get your vaccine. And I mean, like, and little, little, uh, we call them the the three, the the lower third, like this. You know, they uh they have those come up over the broadcast. You know, like be ready, take your time. You why know, they they're like that? constantly hitting it on people. Why? Why the propaganda push for vaccines? Well, they're brainwashed, man. They're they're convincing. Right. You just repeat and, it and over and over. Rational people are sitting there going, "Why? Are, why are they're you know getting? Why am I seeing commercials? Why every time I open my phone and go to you know search something, I'm seeing these vaccine things? Like that has not happened before. But again, because they're trying to push an agenda, people are waking up to the fact that you know it's like they're just. Why are they doing this? Why do they? Why do they care if I get a vaccine or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, why is it so important to them that I get this vaccine? Do your part. Is it for safety? Isn't it my choice? Isn't it? You know, why is it important to them? Yeah, it's waking people up. Yeah, now you got to have like uh, you know the ID cards. You got to you got to wear your, your yellow star, 
and you right. got to have a passport, man, that says where you can go, and pretty yeah, soon it's going to be like, get on that train. At some point, you won't be able to get on a on an airplane unless yeah. you got your little card that says, I got vaxxed. Again, more people are going to wonder why. Yeah. Why, you know, this has never happened before. Why all of a sudden are they requiring this if you want to travel? Um, mm -hmm. It's pushing further and further uh, this agenda, and that is making more people scratch your heads and go, you know, <laughs> there's something something rotten in Denmark here. Yeah. Um, so and the U.S. I, and Spain. <laughs> it's I, rotten everywhere, man. It is. And, you know, it's easy if you're if you look at the small picture, it's easy to look at these things and go, oh, they're taking over control of the world. They're going to foist the mark of the beast on us, and, and we're going to not have any choice, and it's all coming to an end. Uh, no, well, okay, you can take that in perspective if you want to. Yeah, That's fine. You can have that perspective. Uh, I think that's a realistic presentation of the facts. Yeah, I think that all of this, this pushing, these issues, shows desperation on the part of the cabal and the fact that they know that their time is short. And, you know... Here's another example, military. So these military accounts on Twitter started tweeting out um, all the social justice warrior talking points about, uh, you know, women in, in the military. And they've apparently they've changed the Army's uh, physical aptitude test. Um, the, some of these accounts were, were attacking Tucker Carlson. After Tucker did a monologue, um, questioning the military's change of policies. And you have Defense Department accounts uh, basically pushing these uh, this, this wokeism on social media. And then they got called out on it, and then they had to start backtracking uh, on their position. Again, you have traditional people in the military who take a traditional view of the role of the military in testing and uh, physical aptitude and abilities and competencies for the military. Then you have these social justice warriors who want to water everything down, weaken the military, weaken their preparedness, and decrease um, our military's ability to respond to uh, our conflicts. Mm -hmm. and once more, they're trying to weaken the military, and a small percentage of the people in the military are backing it. A large percentage, uh, the traditionalists are not gonna have it. And it's again, it's perspective. You can look at it as, oh, the bad guys are winning, they're gonna weaken the military, uh, it's going to cause you know, negative impacts on the military. You can take that perspective if you want, or you can look at it the other way and say, okay, well, Looks like the bad guys are panicking. They're trying to push this social justice, uh, you know, issue on the military. Good chance that that uh, traditionalists in the armed services are going to push back mm -hmm. and take back control of the military, and basically tell these globalists, these idiots, we're not having your nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Again, if they if they keep pushing this agenda, all these various agendas, but they're all kind of related. Keep pushing it. On, every aspect of society. Uh, a lot of people are aware of what they're doing and they're not going to have it. And and there ha there's going to come a critical time where, where the Biden administration is going to do something 
that is going to cause patriots in the military to push back and take control. And again, it comes back to the, you know, the arrests and the military stepping in and putting an end to the Biden regime. I think it's coming. It's only an issue of what is the inciting incident? What is the straw that breaks the camel's back? What is the idiotic move that they're going to make that's going to cause patriots in the military to say, okay, that's the red line. You just crossed it, and we are pushing back. You think it's going to be gun related? What's that? You think it's going to be gun related? Uh, Hard to say. Yeah. I I don't know that the military would, would respond to a crackdown on the Second Amendment. They might. You know, Elizabeth Warren, or sorry, um, Diane Feinstein is sponsoring that bill in the Senate to ban the sale, transfer of semi-automatic rifles and high-capacity magazines, mm-hmm. which for my AR-15, that's a normal capacity magazine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but would the military step in if they passed such a law? If they, if they took such a drastic step to infringe the Second Amendment, would the military step in? I don't know. They might. The, the, the question there is, if Congress passes a law banning semi-automatic rifles and, and magazines, what's going to happen is you're going to have a bunch of pissed-off patriots who have semi-automatic rifles and magazines, yeah. and they're going to go to Washington, D.C. and say, you know what, here's what we think about your stupid law, right? That's the problem, is they're pushing this agenda. And at some point, if you push hard enough, the American people are going to push back. And their, their biggest mistake is going to be to piss off armed patriots who would then say, well, you know what, we're going to take back control of our government. At that point, um, if you're looking at a potential overthrow of the government by armed patriots, then you look at a, a question, does the military step in and prevent that from happening? Right? So... Again, every time that these idiots push another one of these agendas, it's it's either waking people up or it's provoking people to take action. Yeah. Uh, neither of which is working for them very well. No, no. That's why I just tuned it out, man. I, they're 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 doing a great job of destroying themselves, man. I'm uh, I'm focusing on a different frequency at the moment, you know. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so so how was last week in writing? Uh, I know you took a few days break, but uh, was uh, it a good week? It's going good. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the not-so-fun part of the dream book right now. Oh, boy. So the manuscript for the dream book is finished. Now I'm doing the dictionary uh, of dream symbols. Woo-hoo. So, yeah, I've got over 700 uh, terms that I'm coming up with definitions for and scripture verses for. Oh, nice. And it is, um, it's just a lot of, I'm on Bible Gateway, and I'm putting in terms and finding all the, the scripture references for these different, you know, um, you know precious stones, colors, numbers, um, symbolic elements that appear in dreams. And I'm, just, I'm just creating this dictionary of terms that people can use as a reference going to go in the back of the book but um i'm just I've, i spent three days this last week going through this list of terms um you know looking up scripture references and citations and everything um it's not the most fun part of the job but it has to be done and i'm learning a lot actually 
Yeah. Every every time I put a term in uh, in uh, the search term, and I find a bunch of passages where that term is mentioned. I'm really seeing that there's a lot more um, there's a lot more references to these symbolic elements than I ever thought. What I what I didn't know is that there's um, there there are several books that are really good to study if you're a dreamer or if you have um, visions or prophetic revelation. The book of Job is really good. Um, Job uses a lot of metaphor and simile in, his, in, in the writing, and he refers to a lot of uh, symbolic elements that are common in dreams. I'm surprised how many times I'll put a term in the search uh, in a bomb Bible gateway, go in and Sure enough, there's you know four or five passages of Job that mention this subject. Also, um, the Psalms are really good. The Psalms use a lot of poetic, symbolic imagery in them. So uh, I'm getting to know the book of Job and getting to know the Psalms a little bit better. And I, I'm learning a lot as I, as I write this uh, dictionary for the book. So it's, it's moving along. It's a process. Um, it's not the most exciting thing in the world. <laughs> Research. But it's good. Yeah. All right. Well, so, uh, nah, I'm not going to ask you when we get it. <laughs> what? When are you going to get it? Yeah, when are we going to get it, man? Come on. Uh, gosh, I don't know. Um, I had, it, it's hard to say because I've been, I worked this week on the Dream Dictionary and I'm in the seas. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, we just pray for a speedy, uh, a speedy go through of the, the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a long way to go to finish this dictionary. Probably going to take a couple more weeks yeah. to get the, the dream dictionary thing done. Uh, then it has to go to Denise for editing. Um, so it's, it's going to be at least another month, uh, maybe sometime in April. Are you still dropping new blog articles over on your website? Uh... Nothing lately. Uh, I'm really just working on this, uh, on the book. I've been reading uh, a lot. I, I write during the daytime and do research. And then at night, I read. I'm reading a book right now uh, written by a guy, last name of Bova, Ben Bova. Um, he wrote a book on how to write science fiction. He was an editor for Omni Magazine. He's written dozens of science fiction novels over the years has won a lot of awards for his science fiction writing um yeah, he's got a good book on science fiction although it's very very old um i was talking to denise last night he's talking about how uh, if you submit a manuscript to a publisher you should make sure that it's uh, that, that it's typed not handwritten and apparently at the time when he, when he wrote this book computers are kind of a new thing yeah. you have access to a computer and you can you know, if you can type it out on a computer and print it out, that would be even better. Do not submit a handwritten manuscript to You get that uh, old paper with the with the big tear sheets oh, and yeah, the punch He's talking holes. about typewriter ribbons <laughs> and, you know, all this other stuff. And and he he has been writing for 40 years when he wrote this book. And I think the book was written in the early 90s, probably. <laughs> so it's a lot of um, a lot of information that's out of date. Here's my uh, handwritten time, manuscript. Yeah, at that time, there there was no option for self-publishing. No one was self-publishing yeah. their own books. So his only recommendation for marketing was to submit your manuscript 
to a publisher and hope that the editor would like it and buy it. Mm -hmm. um, there's no discussion of self-publishing. Um, everything's changed in the last you know, 20 years. Um, self, for me, self-publishing is a way to go. But uh, there's, there's, I'm, I'm learning some things uh, in reading the book, um, passing along some information to my son, who is an aspiring writer. Nice. Uh, yeah, so at the end of the day, uh, I, I write, and at night I read, and that's pretty much all I'm doing. I haven't been writing articles on the website. Um, I did Supernatural Saturday and posted that on the website, and then, you know, we're doing our Mondays, but I haven't been real active on social media. Uh, I've got a lot of work to do that it sort of requires me to be off social media yeah. right now. Well, it's so good to do it too, though, you know, just a little yeah. stepping aside, doing the next thing God's got for us to do. Yep. So speaking of self-publishing, so are you, are you still available on Amazon or where can people? I am. My books are available on Amazon. So the, uh, the books under the, um, written by praying medic are available on Amazon. My Q books are not available on Amazon. Dun, dun, dun. Right. So, uh, the book on dreams I'll publish on Amazon. That'll be available there. Also on Barnes and Noble, and uh, it'll be on Ingram Spark. I, I, interestingly, I am getting a lot. Yeah, those those books right there, Calm Before the Storm, mm -hmm. and uh, Great Awakening. They're not available on Amazon. They are available through Barnes and Noble and through Ingram Spark. I'm getting a lot of people who are asking me if they can buy my books somewhere other than Amazon. <laughs> Yeah. Amazon has lost favor with a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And fortunately, Ingram Spark and uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, they have a good alternative for self-publishing. So I'm, I'm relying on them a lot more uh, for my, especially my political stuff, but even, you know, my books on healing and hearing God's voice, people are asking, hey, can I buy them somewhere else besides Amazon? Yeah. So Amazon kind of shot themselves in the foot, not doing themselves any favors. Well, a lot of these people seem to really screwed up their own stuff, huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> stupid people do stupid things. Dude, YouTube, I got a notice bright and early this morning. YouTube deleted a broadcast from my YouTube account. I mean, that was like way back, you know, and it was one of Trump's, it was a, it was a rally that he gave. But it's like they totally, I can't even get on YouTube anymore for my account, but yet they're still removing stuff. So, you know, they, they just continue to, to kill. I, I think Miguel Fornia is completely off of YouTube now. I think everybody's running, you know. Yeah, I think Bart's uh, is also kind of bailing from YouTube. And YouTube, again, it's, it's another company where they had to push their agenda. Uh, and they went a little bit too far. And they're losing a large part of their base. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, that's because, well, when you have an agenda and you do stupid things, people figure it out, wake up, and then they're like, hmm, got to go somewhere else. Yeah. You got to go to Yeah. <laughs> Watch videos there. Oh, yeah. A lot of good stuff coming up with CloudHub. I was talking with Jeff on uh, on Friday. Woo. Man. Yeah. I'm excited to see some of the, some of the heavy hitters uh, get their broadcast going. Yeah. Uh, I'm... I want to do more live streams on CloudHub, and maybe I will. Um, maybe I'll do like a daily, you know, short broadcast or something. I just, right now I'm kind of in this flow of writing and, and researching and reading. 
uh, it's an issue of time for me. And then, yeah. you know, if, if I do a news broadcast, oh my gosh, it takes so darn much time to research, to do the research, to, to do a good news broadcast. And there isn't a whole lot of news going on right now that's actually worth reporting on. No. But, uh, you know, maybe it's, at some point I'll, I'll consider doing a short daily update, not necessarily news. Sometimes news, sometimes just, you know, what God is talking to me about, what's going on uh, you know, spiritually. Uh, I don't want to put myself on the shelf permanently. I, I want to get back in the game with broadcasting, but oh, yeah. right now my energy is on you know, getting some books out. Well, I'm glad that we're doing the Medic Monday stuff. I think everybody. Yeah, me too. It. So, oh no, <laughs> what happened? Where'd my buddy go? So, Dave, thanks for being here. I, I would have liked to have said thank you uh, personally, but I'll give you a call after this. All right, guys. Well, listen, we'll practice this again next Monday for Medic Monday. Don't forget, we got Lisa Perna tomorrow. We got Ann Vandersteel on Wednesday. We got Jeff Brain at Cloud Hub on Thursday. And then the Remnant Wrecking Crew, don't say it if you can't. We got the Remnant Wrecking Crew, me, Andrea, and Miguel Fornia. Uh, we'll be on Friday for F Round Friday. I'll see you guys in a bit. I love you so much. If I give you one message to hold in your hearts today, it's this. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference. The more that a broken system tells you that you're wrong, the more certain you should be that you must keep pushing ahead. You must keep pushing forward.